Welcome to the Everyday Ironman podcast, where we talk to real athletes just like you and me that are working to complete an incredible goal. My name is Mike Bosch, and I'm excited to have with me today recent finisher of Ironman Maryland, Janelle Garman. Janelle, welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. Oh, you are more than welcome. And I'm excited to have you. Um, I'm happy. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. I love talking to, uh, I love talking to new athletes. I love meeting new people. You and I are meeting each other for the very first time tonight in person through the magic of, uh, technology, right? So I can see you, you can see me, but I don't even know where you are. Um, I'm in Texas, obviously. You're in Pennsylvania. Yes. Okay. So you're, you're, we're in the same country, but you're still yeah. pretty far uh, from me. But um, I'm excited to hear all about Ireland, um, Ireland, Ironman, Maryland, um, and how you uh, navigated the course and how we got ready. But before we do that, you know, we got some housekeeping things to take care of, right? And I do want to point out um, to the listeners at home, it's an audio podcast, but I can see you dressed in all of your. Ironman Maryland swag. You've got your medals hanging up. You've got your Ironman flag, which is way more creative looking than the Ironman Texas flag that I got. Um, so that is super cool. But let's start with um, giving the listeners your, you know, your standard level set introduction. You've listened to the podcast before. We like to know who we're speaking to, what kind of time commitments that they're dealing with, and then what kind of athletic background um, they brought into the sport. Can you provide that for us? Sure. So I'm 36. I have two kids and a dog. Um, And I've always been just like a really active person. So growing up, we were always, you know, hiking or snowboarding or um, playing outside, riding bikes. Um, And then I never considered myself an athlete. <laughs> um, we, I did play field hockey in middle school and volleyball in high school. Gotcha. I'm a nurse. So I went to nursing school then and like, you don't have time for sports in nursing school. Mm. So like I would occasionally run. Um, I always enjoyed swimming. I had been a lifeguard. Um, but I, again, like, I don't really consider myself to be an athlete and Anything I did try, I was just kind of like mediocre at. I would work really hard at it and still not really be that great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then like time constraints, uh, it's tough. I um, work as an emergency nurse. I actually work today. Um, And I also teach online as a nursing professor. So I do that like in my free time. Um, And then they're raising (laughs) two kids and training for Ironman. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So you, uh, and that's a lot of information to, to, to digest. So we'll break down just a little bit. So you have two children and a dog. So do you have a boy, girl, two boys, two girls? So I have a daughter who's nine and a son who's almost seven. Oh, so you still have young, young kids. Well, of course you're They're 36. So you're, you, they now, couldn't have been too so. old, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and what kind of dog do you have? Australian Shepherd. That's a bigger dog, right? Yeah, well, they can be. There's mini ones, but he's like 60 pounds. So he's 
He's big, okay. but he's an endurance athlete. <laughs> nice, nice. And you are you are the second athlete uh, in a row that I believe I've talked to that's uh, referenced snowboarding um, oh, as something yeah. that they had done in the past. And I like to claim that I can snowboard. Like I snowboard, I own a snowboard, I own okay. uh, like all my snowboard clothes. And I'm actually at the t- so at the time of this recording, we are the week before Christmas, right? So mm-hmm. Christmas is actually less than seven days. So I hope you're ready for that. I'm ready. Uh, yeah, you're ready. Okay. Um, and my wife and I are actually going to Redosa, New Mexico, and they are the closest ski resort to where we live. And my plan is to go snowboarding. So I'm fingers crossed. I get to snowboard before the end of the year and knock on wood, I don't break any bones because I'm supposed to start training uh, January 1st when I get back. So, but snowboarding just sounds like more badass than when you say I'm going skiing, doesn't it? Well, I grew up skiing and there is this like constant fight in my family between the skiers and the snowboarders. So really the snowboarders, we call ourselves punks and the skiers <laughs> are plankers. Oh my um, and so everyone has converted to be a punk now, except for like my mom, who's still a planker. So we give her a hard time. That is awesome. That is so funny. Oh my goodness. My kids are punks. I've already started teaching them. <laughs> so how old were your kids when they started snowboarding? Um, I want to say this is, they're going into probably their third or fourth season. So gotcha. Yeah. Okay. There's this cute um, video that pops up. It's a, probably a series of videos that pop up on Instagram and it's this little girl and she's probably five years old and she snowboards in some really thick powder and she'll have like a dinosaur costume on. Yeah, or that's tutu. from that- um, Chasing Sage. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she and she is so cute and she yeah. is just tearing it up. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, when you said that, that made me, that, that's the image that popped in my head when you said your kids uh, <laughs> snowboarded. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, cool. So you, you did a little lifeguarding uh in your, you know, in your younger years, did you, did you do any running or did you do any cycling? Uh, like what, what, what led you into triathlon? So I, you know, I could, I was a lifeguard. I could save people, but I don't know that I really had a good swim stroke. Okay. That's fair. Um, and then as far as running, I would do it for fitness, like in stress relief in nursing school, I would just go out for a couple miles. Um, gotcha. And then I happened to be in Germany um, when my husband at the time was deployed there. So I signed up for a half marathon they had on base. Um, okay. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't fuel at all. I just went out and I started running beside this, this lady beside me. She was like, you should probably like take some of these shoes. So she just started like <laughs> handing me shoes and I don't know, I made it and I couldn't walk oh, at all afterwards. It was, it was bad. <laughs> oh my God. That is too funny. I kind of like, I had gotten into running um, with that. And at the same time I was living on base. So I was riding my bike around base and I would go ride my bike to the pool and I would swim and then maybe okay. I'd run like later in the day. I was like, oh. I'm like swimming, biking, and running. I wonder if I could do a triathlon. Um, 
So I found a local triathlon in Germany and some guy on base helped me sign up for it because it was all in German. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, that was my first triathlon and I, it was a kid's triathlon and I didn't know that. (laughs) So I want, I want to, I want to pause. So we, so, so we clarify. So, so I did know this, right. You sent me, uh, you sent me an email, but I want to clarify what we're saying is, so you're, you're in Germany, the country, uh, you speak English and you don't speak German, right? right? So there's a local triathlon and somebody helps you sign up for your very first sprint, you're all excited because you've been swimming, biking, and running. And it is a youth event. Is that correct? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I didn't notice any other adults. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was open to adults. I just didn't see them. (laughs) Oh my God. That, that, uh, when I gotta be honest, so you, you sent me a, a fairly uh, comprehensive email, which I'm really enjoying. So out there, if you are like, Hey, I'm going to send Mike a message, whatever. I, I loved it. And I was giggling, uh, out loud when I read, uh, when I read that, cause I could totally see myself signing up and showing up all pumped, ready to dominate. And there's all these four foot, uh, human beings, uh, running around. So like I guess German the question is yeah, so it, efficient. I mean, I'm like changing my shirt or I don't know what, I don't even know what I was doing. The parents were cheering for me. I came in dead last. <laughs> dead last. <laughs> That's the funniest part of the story. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I just, and the bike was on, um, it was on like a mountain bike kind of, which I didn't realize it was on dirt. I had a mountain bike. That's what I used. So. Gotcha. That is so funny. Cause I thought for sure when I was reading the email, you were going to tell me that you podiumed and you were getting all the dirty looks from the other parents. Cause you'd knock some kid off of the podium. Yeah. But no, when I read that you came in dead last, I was like, Oh my God, that is so funny. <laughs> Well, not to be deterred, Janelle, like what was the next step in your journey? Yeah. um, So I guess after that, like I just kind of got the triathlon bug somehow. I don't know how from that race, but I just enjoyed the variety of like triathlon because, you know, I wasn't ever really great at any one sport, but I love the training and the difference in, you know, you can swim one day, bike one day, like just, I love the variety. Um, so I took some time off to like, you know, have kids and stuff. And I did some running during that time, but I wasn't into triathlon at all. Okay. And then I think I started getting into it around, um, like 2020. Well, I started training for a marathon. That's the first thing I did. Okay. Get back into it. So, so back during 2020, the COVID year, you decided yeah. to to get you know get back in it. W- were you able to run that marathon? Did it actually happen that year, or was it postponed? So I or looked for whatever races were open, and there was like one race that was still oh. open. Um, yeah. So I signed up for it. It was beautiful. It was the Pine Creek Marathon up in northern Pennsylvania, and it was on a rail trail. So it was it was oh, a great yeah. first marathon, like totally flat. Cool. Um, just a really good experience. Cool. Cool. So when, when was your next, uh, organized triathlon? Yeah. So around that time, my friend who did the marathon with me, she was also training for, um, 
triathlons. So she kind of started getting me into it. And I was like, well, you don't have a bike. <laughs> so um, I got a cheap road bike and joined a master's swim swim group. There you go. Um, yeah. We do work together and stuff. And then I signed up for a local sprint triathlon. It was not just uh, for kids. <laughs> it was an adult one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I literally, within the span of, I want to say like two or three months, I did, um, a sprint an Olympic and then a half Ironman. Oh my goodness. Like you dove all, I mean, you dove into the deep end of the pool. I really did. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And, and so was all, what, what year is this now? Was this 21, 22? Cause we're in 23 so, now. We're at the tail end. Yeah. 2021 was when 2021. I, this. I did like, it was like August, September, October. So. Okay. And which half Ironman, was it a Ironman branded or was it a 70.3? Was it a local one? Like what did you do? Yeah. So it was Ironman branded North Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Very familiar. Okay, cool. And so that was 21, um, 22. Did you continue your progression doing some local stuff? Like what kind of really high level, you don't have to give us every race, but we're just trying to paint a <laughs> yeah. picture here. Janelle. It was kind of the same thing. So I did a couple more Olympics. I always do our local sprint cause it's just a great community event. Yeah. Um, family friendly kind of thing. So that's kind of like okay. an annual tradition. That one will always be there. Um, okay. and then I, so when I did North Carolina, the half, the 70.3, the first time I did it with my friend. And the next year I was like, I'm going to, I want to do it by myself. You know, like we, I mean, we raced side by side, like the entire race. And oh, wow. I, like, hey, I want to see if I can prove it to myself that I can do it on my own. Um, and it was kind of cool. The 70.3 that year I did North Carolina again, and my mm -hmm. kids got to come see that race. Oh, so that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And so what do they think about uh, their mom being this badass Ironman <laughs> triathlete? Are they like super uh, excited or does it really even sink in? Like they're just, they don't get it. Like, how, like talk me through that. So they call me the Iron Mama. <laughs> nice. Um, and they are so into my training. I think, you know, they came to Ironman Maryland and stayed up late to watch me finish. That's um, cool. it, they love it. They're always like, mom, what workout are you doing today? Are you biking? Are you doing a brick? Like they know what that is. So oh, wow. They're, they're into it. They're really nice. So have you, um, I mean, obviously we don't want to push our kids into anything, but are there any, I mean, are there any local kid events that you don't sign up for that maybe they would want to participate <laughs> in or something like that? I mean, they probably, you don't want to intimidate them by going out and doing the kids races yourself. So you want to make sure that you leave, you give them room to spread their wings a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, they have some swim skills to build first. Um, gotcha. They're both pretty good on their bikes at this point. And my son is really into soccer. So he's kind of taking oh, that yeah. and run with it. Um, I think if I can get them a little more into swimming, we have a local, they do it at the YMCA where okay. they do like a pool swim and just a little like local kind of kids triathlon. So that yeah. would be something for the future for sure. That's cool. Yeah. You could, you could make it a family event. You could all three do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only five foot tall, so I could probably, I could pass. Yeah, you could pass. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs>
Uh, you got you got a young looking face. You could probably pass by, you know, late late teens at least, right? I don't know. Okay, so how did you decide of of the numerous choices to do a, fo- a full distance Ironman? How did you decide that you were gonna you were gonna brave the jellyfishes and you were gonna do Ironman Maryland? Let's take a quick break. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Well, it's not that far from me. It's like three and a half hours. Um, okay. The timing of it is good for my schedule with teaching and everything because I am off in the summer. So I have all summer to train pretty hard. Gotcha. Um, and then the race is in September. So the timing works out pretty well for me. Um, and it's a flat course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Those are, Hey, those are all great reasons, uh, to pick an Ironman, a, dis, a distance event for sure. So, uh, I, and I do want to talk about Maryland, but I have one more question and that is, so we talk a lot about on the podcast about constraints and stuff like that. But one of the things that I really had set out to talk about was like, how do we fit training into our mm-hmm. daily schedule? Like there are times where if I don't get to the gym first thing in the morning, I just don't get it done. Like it just, mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't happen for me. So are you, I mean, you, I don't have two small kids that I'm raising, uh, now. And so I know that's another, um, I don't want to say challenge cause that's not the right word, but that's another schedule you have to work around. So are you a early morning? Are you a midday? Are you an afternoon or are you just, I've always got a workout bag packed and I just get it done when I get it done type of person. Like how do you get your stuff done? Um, my schedule's changed a little bit because my son is in school full day now. So I've kind of gotten into the routine of drop the kids off at school and then I can go straight to swim from there. We have an eight o'clock practice, so I can do that. Or, you know, I try to do that kind of in the morning if I can. But one thing I've realized as like, I'm a single mom raising two kids, working two jobs. So I fit it in when I can. And it may not look like what you ideally want it to look like, or your workouts, maybe you can't get in the workout that's on your plan, but you can do something else. So you've got to be flexible. And I'm not very good at that, but I'm learning. Well, I would say single mom working two jobs, raising two kids, no matter what it looks like, you're doing a great job. Well, thanks. <laughs> I mean, you have, you have to be, you have to be. So know that. Okay. So you said, uh, and I don't even know where Maryland, I mean, I know where Maryland is on the map. I could find it, but like, where is the race? What city is it? Is it it's Baltimore? Or like, where is it? Yeah. Cambridge. Cambridge. Okay. Yeah. It's actually kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's like, like along the Chesapeake Bay area. Um, okay. but yeah, I would, I know you always ask like, where do you stay and stuff? I think yeah. I booked the place to stay before I had even signed up for the race. Well, that's actually pretty smart. 
get your hotel in early because you can cancel your hotel. You can't cancel the race. Yeah, there's just, it's a small kind of town and then it's pretty rural. So there's just not a lot of places to stay. So if you're interested in that race, you've got to book it early. Okay. So you, so you booked it early. You did Airbnb. Now mm -hmm. is the race, um, so from memory, Maryland, the state is kind of weirdly shaped mm -hmm. and there's water on the outermost part of Maryland, but then there's also like an inlet of water, isn't there? Between yes. like the outer, is, is that where the race is? You're going to make me want to look at a map. <laughs> no, don't do that. But is, is it in the ocean ocean or is it in that inlet mm. part of the it's state? in that inlet part it's like the chesapeake okay. bay area the swim is technically a river i think it's called the chop tank river um oh. but it's like brackish water like uh, it looks like a bay okay 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 and um the race was on a saturday or a sunday mm -hmm. saturday saturday yeah. okay and you said it was about three and a half hours away um, when did you, so I'm assuming you drove, you didn't have to fly. Right. That's the other benefit of going to a closer race. Okay. So you could just put your bike on the car rack thing on the back or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yep. Perfect. And when did you get to, uh, Cambridge? Is it Cambridge? Cambridge. Yeah. So left, um, around like 11 o'clock on Thursday because athlete check-in is required on Thursday, which was a little tough for me. I wanted to check in Friday, but you can't do that. So mm. I, um, had my kids stay overnight with my parents so they didn't miss school on Friday. Uh, and I drove down there on Thursday morning. Yeah. Okay. So you went down Thursday. Um, did you have to go back and get your kids? Were your kids able to come to the race? So my parents were awesome and they brought my kids, um, to the race and watched them the whole time. So nice. Okay. So you go down Thursday, you get checked in mm -hmm. and so now you've got your, your bib number, um, or you got your bags and all that stuff. Friday is bike check-in usually, mm -hmm. right? Are you able to do any pre-race um, reconnaissance, did you, were you able to do a practice swim or a shakeout ride, or did you get to run any on the course? Like, did you get to do any of that stuff? So Thursday, um, so my friend went with me and she raced it also. Um, my friend who raced the other race with me, she's okay. actually my coach too. So oh, nice. on Thursday we did a little shakeout ride, um, just okay. like 10 miles. I could not get over how flat that course was. I've oh, never really? been on roads that flat. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So we did that Thursday and then Friday was like an off day, just kind of relaxing okay. and eating a lot of carbs. Okay. And how far were we from the race venue at our or where we were staying. Were we close? Yeah. So I, I got a farmhouse Airbnb. Um, so we were about 10 minutes from everything. Um, and then we had some options cause, um, we also had a second Airbnb that some of our friends were staying at like in town. So that was, helpful. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. And so it was pretty easy to, to navigate back and forth to the Ironman village and all that stuff. Yeah. The, um, I know you've asked about parking before the parking can mm -hmm. be a little tricky there. There's a few okay. nonprofits who, um, 
kind of make some money or raise money for a good cause with parking right across from the transition area. There's one of those parking lots. Um, So you can like order it in advance. So I did that. So we would have like a parking place for transition because that can be really tricky on race morning. I have never heard of that. So you reserved parking? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I wish I remembered the cause, but it was like to build schools in a third world country or oh. something. So it was actually pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a good, that's a good, um, a good cause. I just had never heard of being able to um, reserve spot because, yeah, that that is something that, that I have dealt with in the past. There's always that level of anxiety of, am I going to be able to park? How early do I need to get there so that I can get a good parking spot? Uh, when my wife is with me, I always feel guilty about getting her up any earlier than we have to get up. You know, she's all, all of that. So maybe the reserving the parking spot is a, something that would benefit me. Yeah. It worked well because I had kids who were coming to the race and then going back to the Airbnb. So they needed the parking reservation allowed you to come and go as you please. You didn't have to find parking because every, all the other parking is street parking. So you would have to find it, which is tough. They close roads for the race. So it can be really tricky. And then the finish line is different than where transition is and where you check in and where you drop your bike off. So that was tough too. I actually reserved a second parking spot at the finish line. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You've got a little tricky, got, but it did. It was worth it actually. You've got, yeah, you've got your farmhouse Airbnb, which sounds super cool. Then you've got your, your, uh, access to a, a, a more city Airbnb. And now you've got two parking spots. This thing's starting to add up, Janelle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, how are we feeling coming into Ironman Maryland? Because this was your first full distance race, correct? Yes. Okay. Were we feeling ready? Were we feeling nervous? Were we feeling excited? Like what, how were you feeling coming into the race? Do you remember? I think it was mostly excited just to, I had already done two halves. So having that experience under my belt, like I was familiar with the check-in and the bag drop-off and, you know, that kind of nervous anxiety about all of that. I had a little bit, but I already had experience with it. So now it was like, I have worked really hard, trained really hard, and now let's just go do it. You know, I just wanted to get out there and you know, see what I could do. I was really excited to try the full distance. Okay. And are we, are we still riding on our road bike that we had picked up, um, a couple of years back when we got started or are we, have we up, uh, not upgraded, but have we, have we switched to a different bike? We're still not riding the mountain bike that we did in no, Germany. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. So last year I upgraded to a Cervelo P series, Ooh. which I have really enjoyed. So nice, nice. And then what about, uh, nutrition, right? You had mentioned that, uh, early on, you didn't know a lot about nutrition and, and random, uh, other athletes were giving you <laughs> mysterious things and you were just taking them with no regard to any, any, uh, uh, food warnings whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> did you have a nutrition plan coming into the race? 
Yeah. So my friend McKenna, who races with me, um, she's a sports dietitian. So she makes, um, helps me figure out my training plan. And she's also done a lot with me trying to figure out nutrition. So I had a full like carb load meal plan, um, in place. And I did have a pretty solid plan for the race. It didn't quite go as, you know, it doesn't always go as planned, but um, yeah, I kind of had figured that out by this point. I did quite a few long rides, obviously, in my training um, and did a century and always practiced my fueling during those rides gotcha. as if I was in a race. So I gotcha. think that helped a lot. Okay. And then McKenna is your friend slash coach slash nutritionalist slash race <laughs> buddy person? Yes. <laughs> Okay. She sounds yeah, like a good person to be friends with. Yeah, yeah. She sounds like a really good person to be friends with. Okay. All right. So I think, I think we've painted a pretty good picture of everything that we did leading up to Ireland or Ireland. I keep wanting to say Ireland, Iron Man, Maryland, right? I'm blurring those words together. Um, so race morning, um, the you said it's a, a river, but is it a current river or is it just in a river by term analogy? Well, there is a tide, so I guess it's it's like where I think the bay and the river meet. So okay. it's kind of like a weird body of water. <laughs> okay, okay, and was it wetsuit legal this year? So the water temp was 75, which, or 76, which is wetsuit legal. So I did a short sleeve wetsuit for this one. Okay. Cause I've heard in the past and I don't know, I don't, don't fact check me on this, but I've heard in the past that they've allowed wetsuits in Maryland above temperature because of the jellyfish. Yes. I think that's true because. My friend did the race and I was her Sherpa a few years ago. And uh-huh. um, I think the water temp was too high, but they said it was wetsuit legal. Yeah. And there were, were a you, lot of jellyfish that year. Were, were you at all concerned about the jellyfish? I was definitely concerned about the jellyfish. Um, I've never gotten stung by a jellyfish that I know of. So it's not so much I was like, I don't typically panic in the water. Like some people Uh have anxiety about open water swimming, like for whatever reason, that doesn't really bother me, but I was more nervous about how my body would react. Like I'm an ER nurse. So I'm thinking I'm going to go into anaphylaxis and not have an EpiPen and not have Benadryl. And then I got to go do this, the rest of the race. (laughs) Yeah. See, I would be, I, I would have a, a a moderate amount of concern that I would be stung in the face by the jellyfish. But I think my biggest fear would be that I would swallow the jellyfish and they would be stinging me in my stomach on the inside part, right? I, yeah, I don't know that you would feel the stings, but I know that people get really nauseous because they do like, they're actually not jellyfish. They're sea anemones and oh. you, they're so small that when you're breathing, you can actually swallow them and they make people really nauseous. So, um, 
I did have some anti-nausea medicine in my bags just in case. So that wasn't part of your nutrition plan. That was in case of emergencies? Yes, exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So we're race morning. We're excited. We are wetsuit legal. We are uh, at the race. Um, is T1, T2 the same place or is it different places? Yes, which was so nice because doing North Carolina twice, it's a split transition and it's complicated. So it yeah. was nice having everything in one place. Cool. Okay. So you, 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 you do your last minute bike check. You put your bottles on in the cage of your P series Cervelo. Um, and then you head down to the swim. How far is swim from transition? Are you walking? Are they shuttling you? How are you getting there? So it's in Jerry Boyle park and it's right there. So you can okay. just walk right there. Um, okay. we stood there waiting a long time. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So they ended up, um, the condition of the water was unsafe for a full swim. So they were trying to make a decision. And I think the race was supposed to start, I think at 6.50. And uh -huh. we were standing there waiting and waiting and waiting. I didn't get in the water until 9. And oh um, they shortened the swim. So it's normally two loops. And we actually, the swim, I think was less than a thousand yards. So, wow. Well, I, I wondered because as always, I looked up, uh, I looked up your times. Now I wasn't tracking you on race day. I was traveling. I was tracking Travis coffee, former guest of the show on race day. Um, but I guess I didn't make note of the swim time being, uh, anything unusual. Your, uh, Ironman Maryland swim time was faster than my, lightning fast, uh, 70.3 Salem, Oregon, uh, swim with the super fast water. Uh, you swam a 1942, uh, at Ironman, Ironman, at Ironman, Maryland. That's, uh, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> well, it was a shortened swim. So I will say I mean, at first I was really disappointed because this is my first Full Ironman, right? Like, so I wanted yeah. the full experience. I've already swam a full Ironman distance. Um, so, but when I was in the water and we turned the last buoy, it was really choppy. And uh -huh. they said, the race director said before we went in the water that you would feel like you're on a treadmill. Like you won't, you'll feel like you're not going anywhere. And yeah. I turned that last buoy and I was like, how I could see the shore, but I was thinking, how are we going to get there? Like we're not oh, moving. No. So I was thankful that it was short. Yeah. You know, that's such a tough, that's such a tough one. And, um, I mean, unless, unless this is the first podcast of mine that you would have ever listened to, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that I'm not a fan of the swim necessarily, but I'm very vocal about the fact that I'm not a fan of the swim. And this year, uh, Ironman Cozumel, which I have claimed will be my next full distance, the swim was canceled. And I remember thinking, and I wasn't even signed up to race, but I remember thinking, oh, I'd be so disappointed if the swim was canceled. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously there's a lot of things to go into it. Um, you know, your first, your first distance, 
Um, but it sounds like it was super choppy. It was still a challenge, right? So it doesn't in any way take away from the fact that you completed the event, right? You, you went out there and you raced in the conditions of the day and that's just how it works. Right. Um, but it does sound like, you know, from time to time they have to make course adjustments for athlete safety and that's just how it goes. But if you were to order that fond memories plaque, like I am so fond of your your uh your plaque is gonna say 1942 right <laughs> and, and that's just how it goes yeah i think uh i was standing in the swim line with my friend mckenna and we found out that it was shortened and i just looked at her and she goes i know what you're thinking i said yeah i'm gonna have to do it again <laughs> uh, you don't have to I mean, I'm just saying like, you, you I'm did already it. Signed up. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, there's that. Okay. So you, you, so you come out of the washing machine treadmill swim, uh, you're relieved at that point. I felt great. I just, you know, I love swimming and that's something I've really improved at over the past few years doing the master swim group. My swim you. coach swam the English channel and she's uh, been my inspiration for swimming. So oh yeah, I've, I've learned so much from her. Um, so yeah, like the swim is the fun part of the race for me. <laughs> well, you, you had a, a pretty fast transition too. I've, I've, I've have had the opportunity to speak to a couple athletes recently and not naming any names or calling anybody out. Um, but I've had a, seems like I've had a couple of 12 to 15 minute T1 times, uh, you had a six eighteen. Like, did you practice transition leading into um, the race? I don't practice the swim to bike transition in training. I do okay. do a lot of bricks. So I do practice the bike to run transition a good bit. Um, I don't know. I've always been fast in transition for some reason. That was, um, to me, a slow transition. I did have to stop really? at the port of potty and I was disappointed that I had to do that. So, um, yeah, but I do think you can't compare race to race because this transition, like you come out of the water and your stuff is right there. Like the change ten is right there. And then your bike is right there. So you don't have this like quarter mile that you have to run in bare feet or anything like that. Yeah. But, but I want to make sure I'm, cause you know, sometimes I don't hear so well. You, you had a six eighteen with a bathroom stop is what you said. Yeah. And oh I goodness. changed into bike shorts. Oh my goodness. Oh, and you did a clothing change. Oh my goodness. Okay. Wow. So is transition like right at the water's edge? Like, is there pretty any? much? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I gotta be honest. Maryland was never really on my radar, but I might have to be thinking about this. It's a good um, race. Okay. Signed up, so you, uh, signed the contract for another, however many years they do. Oh, is that Ireland. right? So it's going to be there for a while. Mm hmm. Okay. I might want to get me one of them crabby nation flags like you have. Um, okay. So you head out onto the bike course. Mm -hmm. What was our strategy on maintaining effort? Were we paying attention to heart rate, power, um, pace, perceived effort? Like what, how are we gauging how hard we were, how fast we were going to go. So I do power meter training. So okay. I, 
um, had kind of done like the FTP test to figure out my power. And then all throughout my training, like my long rides, I have a power meter on my bike. So when I go for a long ride in training, I... I just look at my watch because I can see the wattage on there. Um, uh-huh. And I know my zone for zone two. And I don't look at anything else. I don't look at my speed. I don't look at my heart rate. Um, I just focus on the watts on the bike. Okay. And you're staying in zone two um, mm-hmm. as much as you can. Yeah. Okay. And you said you had done a century ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said this course was flat. Um, if you were to, if you were to say I was an arrow X percent of the time, solve for X. 99. (laughs) Really? Wow. Yeah. I was getting pretty sore, like staying an arrow around mile 80, I want to say. Uh, just that's such a long time with no change in position. Cause even if you're an arrow, but you're going up a hill, it just feels like you're in a different position. Like it was flat, so flat. Um, so, I mean, every once in a while pop up, um, but yeah, I, I was an arrow the whole time. Nice. Okay. And did you have, um, I know you were paying attention to your power zones. Did you have a time goal? for the bike or, or, or not necessarily like goal, but did you have an expectation of how long it was going to take you? Um, I think for my first full, I didn't want to put that pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to be able to finish within the cutoff, you know, okay. of the race. So I will say because the swim was shortened, the cutoff times were, um, a little uncertain. I never, oh. I was never worried about it, but I had some friends who were racing that um, got pulled from the course because the cutoff times didn't get changed, even though the swim was changed. There was like some confusion about it. So, okay. um, yeah, no, I just wanted to do the best I could and save my sure. legs enough for the run. Okay. Okay. So anything um, out of the ordinary on the bike? Did you stop for special needs? Um, if so, um, did you, did you have anything, um, that you were particularly looking forward to in the bag? So I don't do special needs bags. It's just like an extra thing I don't want to worry about. So, um, I, um, do all my nutrition with scratch labs, not sponsored, um, but yeah, (laughs) For hydration, anyhow. Um, And they had posted a video where you can do, so I have two water bottles behind me. I have one on my like crossbar and then I have the um, X-Lab like arrow bottle with the straw on my arrow. Arrow bars. Um, So Scratch Labs, like you can take one of your bottles and make it a concentrate bottle. So I marked off like for basically four um, doses of a full bottle of the hydration mix. So then I can dump that into my arrow bottle. And then at the aid stations, I would just grab water and dump that in. And so then I basically was mixing it while I'm riding. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds complicated, but it's it's really not hard. It worked really well. Okay. So just so I'm, so I want to make sure I understand because this does, this sounds like a pretty cool little hack type thing. So you're saying 
in one of the bottles, you have like a super high concentration of the scratch stuff. Yes. And then you are pouring uh, one fourth of it out and then picking up the water from the aid station. When you put the water in there, that dilutes it down. And now you're back to regular strength. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It works genius. really well because I can just dump it right in my arrow bottle and I can grab the water bottle. They use those ones that are like the sports tops. So yeah. you can just squeeze that right in. So Yeah. That's why, so I didn't need special needs. I carried all my other nutrition and I, I did end up using some Morton gels when I ran out towards the end of the ride, but yeah. Gotcha. I'm going to look into yeah, that. You that's, asked, that's genius. Uh, yeah. It works really well. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. You asked if anything out of the ordinary happened. Yeah. So I'm, I'm an ER nurse and for some riding along and I think it was mile 65 or something, there was a crash. So I'm like, oh man, like I can't ride past because I'm an ER nurse, Uh, you know, I have to stop. So thankfully an army medic, he had stopped also and we're assessing, we did a, you know, basic like trauma assessment. The, the girl was fine. She actually looked at us and said, I'm fine guys, go race, go race. (laughs) (laughs) So we just went, there wasn't any um, aid or anything there. So we went and got some help and sent them to her. But yeah. Well, look Thankfully, at you saving okay. lives she out there. I looked up her bib. She DNF'd, but she was okay. Oh. Well, at least, you, at least you, you did the right thing. You stopped and helped, right? Because I mean, you can't not. When, <laughs> yeah. You got to help out. Yeah, I understand. Well, good for you. Okay, well, cool. So you uh, you finished the bike, uh, 645. Um, right at, uh, 16 and a half miles an hour. How were you feeling coming off the bike? I felt good. I actually felt better than I thought I would. Um, so my plan was to like run the first hour of the marathon without, you know, in training, I had always run the first hour. And then after that I did like a walk run, uh, method. Uh So I was like, oh, I feel really good. I'm going to be able to take off running. So, and is it is it one, uh, one loop, two loops, three loops? How many loops is the run course? So the run course is three loops. I don't know. Okay. Well, the audio people won't hear see this, but I've got my three wristbands. So when you go, because as you're going through each loop you can't remember what loop you're on. So they give you a wristband. What? Uh, Yeah. It was actually really helpful because mentally you can't keep track of what you're doing. So. Yeah. That's, that's another thing I've never heard of before. So you get extra souvenirs on course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause the second, after the second loop, or I think I was going into the second loop and for some reason I was thinking I was finishing and I wasn't. So. Yeah, you know, and that has to happen from time to time. I wonder how Iron Man handles that when, like, if you if you if, say hypothetically, it's not a time issue. You're no fear of missing the cutoff, but you do get a little confused or disoriented, and you end up mm-hmm. in the finisher shoot, and you and you skipped a whole loop. Do you think they they give you the opportunity to send you back out to finish the third loop, do it do it over again, or how do you think they handle? I that? would hope so, but right? I'm sure like your chip would be messed up because you probably crossed a timing mat you shouldn't have. Oh yeah, huh? So I'm not. It sure. has to there have happened. One point in the race where this girl and I were running together, and we 
just, it was right after transition because you go out the transition tent and then you go into town, but then you go back out of town and do this big loop. And we thought we went the wrong way out of the tent. We thought, oh, oh, we weren't supposed to go in town. We thought we were supposed to go the other way. And we just kept running together. And then we, it clicked. No, we're good. We're good. That would be horrible. Your brain is just not together there when you're doing a marathon of an Ironman. Oh my god! Okay, so so you three loops. So that means uh, you're you're coming up. You're finishing the second loop. They're giving you your your souvenir, and you're (laughs) heading back out for the third loop. When you come back for the for the final loop. Mm-hmm. you can hear the finisher shoot, right? You can hear the names being called and all yeah. that, right? What yeah, is that it's like? weird because the way the course is set up, you're coming in, the finish is to the left and you have to go to the right because you still have to go up through the town before you come down into the finish. So it's just like oh. one more time you have to pass the finish line and oh. you have, you're just like so close, but not there yet. But it was actually cool because my kids were there and they were right at the corner there. So they got to see me cut into town and then they knew I was coming to the finish. So they quick got to the finish line. Oh, that's cool. Were they tracking you on their phones and stuff like that? Yeah, they were. I mean, it's tough with the tracker because it's not GPS. So yeah. it's, it's always a little spotty. Um, yeah. But yeah. They were there. Gotcha. So. <laughs> okay. And did they have the bell where you could ring the first timers bell? Yes. Yeah, so I have a question about this and maybe you've heard about this. So they had it at the athlete village at check-in and okay. my friend was like, ring the bell. You're a first time full Ironman distance. And I was like, no, I'm not ringing the bell. I haven't completed the race. I'm not going to ring it. And uh-huh. she's like, well, other people are doing it. And I was like, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not ringing it. So I come down the finish shoot and I saw the bell and I was like, I'm going to ring it now. There you go. So I did. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny is in, I think your, uh, stance on that is very valid. There's a lot of people. Um, I can remember talking to Brandon Hozak in the very beginning. He said that if he hadn't finished, he was going to throw his, all of his clothes away that he had bought and the, the, the store, right? Like people are yeah. like, everybody has a different take on Iron Man if I didn't do the full swim. So what, no, that you're still an Iron Man. That's not how that works. You finished the Iron Man distance race. So that's how it goes. I think I justified it because I've already done that distance before. So I know I can do it. I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't make the rules. Like you don't pick in advance. You, you signed up for the race. You had every intention to do it. They, they made a game day decision and that's just how it goes. Um, so you're, you're an Ironman. Um, so you finished the run in 503, which is, I don't know how you feel about it. That's a, that's a solid marathon at the end of a, uh, full distance, uh, triathlon there. Yeah. I had a good bit of GI issues on the run. Um, probably starting around mile 13. So I had to figure that out. I completely ditched my nutrition plan. I went in with and I ended up, I needed salt. Um, so I grabbed potato chips from the aid station. Um, I just had to totally revamp everything and, 
I was able to solve the problem mid marathon. And I think by mile 17, I started feeling better. And I just was like, so excited that I was still able to run at that point. So, yeah. So as a point of reference, what is your standalone marathon time? Ooh, I don't remember. Um, it's not written on my medal. (laughs) 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 I want to say it was like, uh, maybe close to like five and a half or six. It was, it was long. It was slow. I think my pace for that, well, now I'm going to show that I'm bad at math, but I think it was like 11 something. So, <laughs> okay. But so, so five Oh five Oh three was, is a good time. Yeah. I've, um, so my training for running was a lot of tempo runs and a lot of intervals, um, okay. which actually it really kept me from injury. And so I didn't do the volume. I didn't do the long, like long runs. I mean, I think the farthest I would run was maybe 15 miles. So I think it actually really helped my run. Awesome. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I have a a buddy that I work with and he runs a lot and I've been telling him, I'm like, man, you're just running too much. And he went through a, he Mm -hmm. went through a series of injuries and now he's doing like this thing called hot works. I don't know if you have it where you're at, but it's a lot of cycling and like a sauna thing. And I was talking to him, I think today, and he's like, yeah, I don't know why it took me so long to come to this conclusion. Like I was just running way too much. And I think sometimes we do run too much and it's not good for us. I mean, you have to run enough, but you got to find that balance too, to where you don't run too much and get hurt or really fatigue yourself. Right. Yeah. I've had a lot of injuries and I've learned over the years that First of all, I have to strength train. That has kept me from injury. I strength trained pretty much right up until the race. I did a little taper, but uh, that has really kept me from injury. And it's not hard, you know, lifting heavy, but a lot of mobility and stability. And then the tempo runs. So that just, it, it increases your cardiovascular fitness without having to put that much time on your joints, pounding gotcha. on your joints. Gotcha. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So you ended up with a uh, twelve nineteen fifty nine total time, which was good enough for thirteenth place out of twenty six in your age group. You yep. just missed the podium by three or the top ten by three spots. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That is awesome. Good job. Yeah, I was surprised. Um, I didn't. I didn't have any goals other than to finish. So. I saw that and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. So, so when you, when you cross the finish line, um, knowing that, you know, you didn't know what you didn't know going into Mm -hmm. it and your goal was just to finish and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you look back and say, I could have done this different to where my outcome would have been different? Um, I think every, Ironman race you do, you're going to learn something. So I definitely messed up some fueling with the bike. I fueled too early. And I also, my hydration was a little off because it wasn't very hot that day. Maryland is typically a hot race and that day it wasn't. So 
Um, I think I just got a little off with some of that, which some of that's just unavoidable, right? Like you plan and then things are just different at the race. So yeah, yeah, there are definitely, I think the bike is probably the area I can improve the most to, uh, it's a flat course. So I just need to improve some power on the bike and then I should be able to, you can really, Looking at the times, you know this, like the bike, it takes so long, right? So if you can get faster on the bike, it can really improve your overall time. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because I've, I've spent a fair amount of time trying to get faster in the water, Mm -hmm. but really that's not where my biggest overall area of improvement can be. I mean, I, I, if I worked really, really hard, maybe I can get 10 minutes faster on a 70.3 in the water. Mm -hmm but I can get half an hour faster on the bike or 20 minutes faster on the run. Right. If I, if I focus on it. So, um, yeah, yeah I think it's interesting because the, you know, it's 112 miles, right. It's a mm-hmm. long, long bike course. So just a little bit of improvement will exponentially save you, a, you know, a considerable amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I started, there's a calculator online where you can put in, like, if I go this pace, what will be my time? Oh yeah. And I was playing around with that. I was like, man, if I just go one mile per hour faster on the bike, that's really going to cut down my time. Yeah. I've got one of those bookmarked on my phone. And so we yes. I play with it all the time. <laughs> I play with it all the time. It's too funny. Um, I, sometimes I switch it over just for fun to uh, metric just to see what that looks oh, like goodness. because, because it looks so much faster. Um, so the obvious question, Janelle would be, did you go to awards? Yeah. So my friend went, I didn't think I was getting anything. So I'm just packing up at the Airbnb and dealing with my kids who still need a mom who just did an Ironman race and, you know, is like struggling to recover. So I'm just doing that. And she, uh, my friend was like, oh my goodness, they just called your name. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. So I rushed over there and they let me sign up. So I signed up for, so I did qualify for France and I signed up for it just like really spur of the moment, like split decision. Um, But yeah, I, I, in the end decided not to go. So that's another story. Um, But I'm going to do Maryland next year instead. So, so yeah. (laughs) And and I guess that's one of those things where you kind of have to, you kind of have to have a plan. Um, you have to walk in there with your credit card yeah. and sign up, like yeah. on the, on the spot. Yeah. And, and it, so, I mean, it's so many things, right? I've, I've had <laughs> plans to be able to do it and, and not been given that opportunity. So it's hard for me to wrap my mind around, you had no plan, uh, for your name to be called. And then it was like <laughs> thrust upon you, um, but hey, congratulations. I know you I know you made a decision not to to go to France and totally respect that. Um, but congratulations yeah. for qualifying nonetheless. I mean, that is a huge yeah. accomplishment I mean, in I'm your first I qualified. I, I've decided not to race on Sunday. So um yeah. Jocelyn McCauley is a pro I follow and she also is doing that and has been really inspirational to me. So I was like, you know, I gotta stick with my convictions and yeah. I'm just as excited to do Ironman Maryland next year. So yeah, and it's on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good for you. So is, uh, have they announced the, 
scheduled for Kona the following year. Is it on a Sunday or is it a Saturday race? Or I don't know, do you know? if they've officially announced it, but Kona is always on a Saturday. So I don't know unless that would change. It's been okay. that way. So okay, so we we know that things change year to year, and mm-hmm. uh, Iron Man. I cannot say that. Ironman Maryland. Maryland. And see, you accuse me of talking too slow. I'm talking too fast and I can't just blurring the words together. Um, Ironman Maryland is, I don't know, uh, we'll just call it uh, 10 months away. But are you going to have a plan to, if they call your name and you qualify to go to Kona on what you're going to do? Yeah. If I right. qualify for Kona, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah, go. So I think are. this is, maybe I'll get the full swim this time. Maybe I'll qualify for Kona. Maybe I won't. Yeah. I'll just be happy to do another Ironman. Well, I mean, you, obviously we don't know, right? Things, things right. can change, but you'll have the benefit of A, having done a full distance, but, mm-hmm. but B, having done that race. And that, this has come up a lot on the podcast and I, I want to qualify for the world championships. I do. Like, I think everybody wants to, but I've also chosen not to race the same race twice, which I know handicaps Uh, me to some degree. Like it's, it's, there is an advantage to racing the same race more than one time, because while they do change a few things from year to year, you know the course, you know what to expect, and you can anticipate certain things. Um, so you'll have that as an advantage uh, mm-hmm. as well. So that's awesome. Yeah, you should definitely reconsider that for the future. Well, I yeah, I mean, I probably should, but I think my desire to see more places uh, outweighs my desire to qualify for the world championship at this point. So, I, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. It's just one race. It's just one race. Um, but I did race a local Olympic this past year and I did the same race, uh, in May and October. And it was definitely, I knew the course, even having just raced yeah. it that one time four months before I anticipated the turns. I knew where there was like a speed bump. It's amazing how your mind remembers those things. So that, that will serve you well, uh, next year. So we'll definitely, we'll, I'll be cheering for you next year, uh, by the way. Um, so you mentioned that it was in September and it was good to kind of, kind of recover, take a little bit of a break. Um, do you have anything coming up? What What is your next, uh, what's next on your calendar? Um, I'm talking about that with my friend slash coach right now. I'm thinking about doing an off-brand half Ironman. I think it's okay. in June. Um, it's called, it's up at Lake Placid called the Tin Man. Um, oh. So yeah, just thinking about doing that as a kind of, like I'll do a 70.3 training plan leading into that. And then from there do that. Um, it's kind of the same plan, but then moving forward to the full distance. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, cool. Well, I am so glad that I got to meet you. Um, uh, hopefully my slow speech 
um, didn't throw you off, even though I can't say Iron Man Maryland. And um, so I'm just kind of reviewing my notes. Uh, one of the things that I made note of is that in your email to me, you mentioned that you listened to the podcast in two times speed. And I want you to know that when you listen to the podcast back and you've probably listened to your own voice back at times, whether you were checking your voicemail or whatever, mm. it yeah. does sound different, right? So you may have to listen to it in regular speed um, to appreciate <laughs> it, but you you make the call. I'm You do you. So I'm just going to say you do you. Um, but I am so glad that I got to meet you. I'm so glad that I got to hear, uh, how your experience went. Um, I picked up a few tricks and tips along the way. I'm really going to look into that concentrated, um, fueling, uh, technique that you listed. Yeah. Um, see if I can make that work for me. Cause that sounds like that's a pretty good benefit. Um, a little jealous about the Maryland course and the extra souvenirs. I'm not going to lie, but I don't know that I'm ready to sign up just yet. Um, but as we, as we start to wrap things up, cause I want to be respectful of your time. Um, I always ask my guests if they have any final thoughts or words of wisdom that they would like to share or leave the podcast with, uh, Janelle, do you have anything like that? There's so much that I could say. I would say, you know, with my schedule and trying to fit all this training in, um, just stay consistent, you know, just mm. keep showing up, keep doing the workouts, um, keep prioritizing your health. Because for me, this is uh, something that keeps me sane and helps me be a better mom. So you're not being selfish by, you know, taking the time for yourself to work out. I think that in the end, you're, it's um, impacting your life in a positive way and, if, and positively affecting the people around you. So I would say that and also trust the process because there are many times I'm like, especially leading into a full, I'm thinking, how am I going to, I haven't done, I did, I've done a marathon. I did the swim. I hadn't done that full bike distance. Now I'm going to do them all on the same day. Like, how does yeah. that work? That's a lot. And you know, you have to, I would recommend a coach and just being able to trust that they know, they, they know what they're doing. And once you have that endurance, you will be able to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, great, great words. I think the, <laughs> I think sometimes it's lost even, even on me. And I commented to Sean, my buddy at work the other day of how much better I feel when I get my workout done for yeah. the day. Just, I just feel better. And mm -hmm. I think it was, uh, iron wheel Jill who I follow on Instagram. She's not been a guest on the podcast, mm -hmm. but she posted something one day and it was something along the lines of, if you can't get in an hour, just get in 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly. And I, I lose sight of that sometimes. And today was a perfect example. I didn't get to the pool in the morning and I was going to try to go at lunch, but I had meetings and I could have gone for 30 minutes. Like I could have done it mm -hmm. and I talked myself out of it and I was like, yeah. no, it's not, but it, I really should have went. And so I got to, that, that being consistent that you just mentioned is something I personally have to work on. So, um, I'm looking forward to not breaking any bones, snowboarding, and then Richard Crippen and I are going to hold each other accountable as we train for Oceanside. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, 
Uh, it was really good meeting you. I loved listening to your story. I know that you're, you've got to be such a great inspiration uh, to your kids. And I love the fact that they call you Iron Mama. That is so sweet. Um, stay in touch. Um, let me know how your Tin Man goes. Uh, and I will definitely be tracking you uh, in Maryland next year and, and cheering for you, hoping that you get that uh, Kona, Kona spot. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. It's been a blast. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions, advice that you would like to share, or would like to be a guest on the show and share your story, you can email everydayironmanpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow on Instagram at everydayironmanpodcast. Until next time, keep moving forward.